0: Here we are with another new episode of the replant boot camp podcast We have been uh, especially lately having more boots on the ground highlight guests which I love I love hearing the stories of other guys out there doing it last week we got to hear from Walker Armstrong had a great time with the Walker Texas Ranger of replanting and then before that Jason Rumbo, in East Nashville, as he's up there. And right after we recorded that, actually, uh, tornadoes hit East Nashville, and they're all in recovery process, trying to figure out what's going on there. And he's very much boots on the ground, probably literally wearing boots on the ground as he's out there doing disaster relief. And so we continue to pray for East Nashville in this process. But Bob, I love when we get to hear somebody else's story.
1: Absolutely. One of the best things about guys who are in the work of replanting is they have the best stories and the most practical experience and some of the best lessons of here's something that worked or here's something that did not work. So uh, one of the best sources of all replanting wisdom is not the guy who did it 20 years ago, but the guy who is doing it currently in his situation and his context.
0: So one of our slogans is we're a resource for replanters by replanters. So we're super excited to have with us today all the way from the West Coast. So we're literally from coast to coast today, Uh, (laughs) maybe more than we've ever been. Coast to coast, we have with us Menley, who is a new replanting pastor, Korean-American replanting a Spanish church in Boyle Heights, which is a very Hispanic community. Uh, And so I'm just, I'm looking forward to hearing how all that came to be and what lessons. So Min Lee, just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what God has been doing through you recently.
2: Yeah, well, my name is Min Lee, and I'm honored to be here. So I'm the pastor of LA City Baptist Church, and it's a replant that started about a year and a half ago. And so it's a Hispanic church, um, has, has a long legacy that goes all the way back to around 1930. So it has a long history, has always been a Hispanic church about three miles away from downtown L.A. So um, it's, a, it's in a neighborhood called Boyle Heights. Uh, it's a historic neighborhood. Um, has, it's about like 97, 98 percent Hispanic. Uh, but somehow God has led me and my family to serve on the capacity of replanting uh, this church. So about a year and a half ago, uh, this church was uh, down to the size of about 12 members. And uh, the previous pastor had passed away uh, through a heart attack about eight to nine years ago. And they were without a pastor for a while. The church was um, down in its membership. And somehow by God's divine grace, uh, he connected um, my family, myself, and, uh, and the church together. And long story short, came the pastor of the church. And now we are in a replanting situation in LA. Did you grow up in Los Angeles area? I grew up in Orange County, which is about like 30 minutes away from L.A. It's the suburbs uh, in near L.A.
0: Okay, so are you an NFL fan? Are you
2: a Rams guy, a Chargers guy, a Raiders? I'm not, I'm not in too much into that. I actually did play uh, football in high school, but it's been a long time since I got into it.
1: <laughs> what position did you play, I have to ask?
2: I was a defensive tackle um, when I was in high school. And then every one of my friends after my freshman year, they outgrew me. So
1: I play football and yeah. Yeah, I would ask, did you play against anybody famous like that's now in the NFL or anything like that?
2: No, no. So I did play for about two years, and after that, I moved on to uh, join the wrestling team.
0: Yeah, the reason I ask is there's fun controversy going on right now with the new uh, Los Angeles Rams logo rebranding. And oh. I mean, are you hearing anything about that and everybody making fun of the new logo? I've yet to learn. You can teach me about it. <laughs> yeah, so the LA Rams, so they went from St. Louis, so uh, so this fits so well. They they, they leave from, from Bobstown. And they moved to your town and got the worst looking logo in the NFL. Well,
1: we're rooting against them here in St. Louis. I'm just telling you.
0: (laughs) I text our former guest, Rodney Richardson, who is responsible for a lot of NFL rebranding out there. And I text him just to make sure that he wasn't involved in that. I I knew as soon as I saw it, he wasn't. He confirmed (laughs) that that was not his handiwork. And so... All right. Uh, well, good, man. So so talk to us about how you end up in a uh, Spanish church and what led you and your family to take on a task like that.
2: Well, I've always had a heart for urban ministry or like a heart for the city. I wasn't really sure how God was going to get us there. Uh, I had a heart for LA. And I initially thought it was going to be uh, like a church plant. So I actually served under a church planter, uh, his, his name is Jimmy Davidson. I was, I was his apprentice through NAM for about a year, previously coming uh, previous to coming to LA City Baptist Church. Um, but after my apprenticeship was over, um, I was praying about how God will take us to the city of LA and we really believe that that was the city that God had called us to. And it was through the connection through our DOM and in, in, in LA, and he's one of my mentors, and he was doing a church visitation, and he asked me, can you come along? I'm visiting this church. They're, they're without a pastor. Uh, they have about 12 members. Uh, can you come? Uh, so I go there, and then on the way, he's telling me it's a Hispanic church. They're, they're, they're without a pastor. So I was like, okay. Uh, so I go there and um, attended one of the Bible studies. And at that Bible study, um, there was one of the older, older ladies of the church, which happened to be the previous pastor's uh, wife. And she, ha- she asked, like, are you a pastor? So I was like, yeah. And she said, well, could you lead us in a hymn? And she hands me over this hymnal, and it's in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing I've you heard, don't speak Spanish, right? <laughs> well, well, I did speak enough Spanish because I've spent some time in Mexico okay, before. Great. So yeah. I was able to, I mean, I wasn't used to leading in hymns. Nor leading songs in Spanish. I um, was able to lead. Um, I think it was great, great faithfulness, in Spanish, and uh, and the church said, um, "Could you pray for us?" I prayed in Spanish, and they're like, "Could you teach us a Bible study?" And I, I had to tell them, "I can't do that in Spanish." Uh, but they're like, "That's alright. Uh, we'd love to have you teach a Bible study." So I kept going. Because the church kept inviting me back to speak, and eventually the church voted me in to be their senior pastor, and that's the whole how how the story started. Oh wow, that's incredible! So
0: who who is your D.O.M. that was your mentor? Who's your D.O.M. there? His name is Gigi Ferrarin. Okay, all right, excellent, excellent. So, have you ever led like have you ever led worship music before that moment? No, I haven't.
2: So this is my <laughs> first senior pastor Before I was serving in associate pastor role, I was serving in Korean churches uh, as part of like the English-speaking uh, ministry of a Korean church. So that's my previous experience. But this is my first senior pastoring. I love this. I just love. <laughs> I mean, this is a typical replant story, right? Your 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 native language is Korean. So I was born in Korea. Uh, moved here when I was eight. So uh, my most most natural language will be English but I do speak Korean as well
0: okay so firstborn language is Korean most natural language is English but the first time you ever lead worship is leading a hymn in
1: Spanish makes sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how God does it. yeah so That's what a resourceful th- generalist right there man. <laughs> what
0: what did your what did your wife say when you said babe I think we need to pray about leading
2: a Spanish replant revitalization well, thankfully, I mean, actually, I, I'm a little bit more timid compared to my wife. So she's more bold, and she really saw the hand of God in this. And she has encouraged me to go forward with this. We pray together, and we decided, you know, this really seems to be uh, the, call, the calling and the mission field that God is calling us to. So, yeah, we're in this together.
1: That's great. So you get to the church, and what are some of the first things you do once they, uh, you
2: arrive as the senior pastor? First thing I did was ask for help, of course, through prayer, about just really asking around with the church members, uh, with our association, with our um, state convention, uh, just letting them know, here, here's the situation. I'm, I'm Korean-American at a, at a Hispanic church in a very Hispanic neighborhood. Uh, what are some of the things I could do? And thankfully, uh, God had sent so much help. Uh, just with advices, prayers. Uh, there were a lot of Hispanic pastors in LA who reached out to me. And sometimes I would get like, you know, friend requests on on uh, Facebook from pastors I've never heard of before. And they'll say, you know, you don't know me, but I have a heart for this church. I've been praying about uh, this church, praying for this church. And I really believe that God has sent you there. So long before I came, God had already uh, prepared in the hearts of many um, to to come, come alongside, uh, to give advice and even practical helps as well. So that's that's the first thing I did.
1: So tell us a little bit about the context or the, the surrounding area there in Boyle Heights. What is the neighborhood like? What, do you live in the neighborhood? Just give us a little bit of that picture.
2: Yeah, so we're actively trying to move into the neighborhood. In fact, right after this interview, I'll be going to Boyle Heights to check out uh, some of the housing there. Um, it's a low income community, uh, education level compared to the other parts of the state is. Significantly lower um, crime rate has always been very high in this neighborhood, uh, but I believe that people are open. And uh, so, one of the another thing that I did when I came into the neighborhood was just walk around and meet people. And I would go sometimes house to house or just meet people out out in the streets, and just introduce them, um, introduce myself to them as the pastor of. Uh, the church uh, the first reaction is that of shock or surprise uh, (laughs) uh, they're curious so so i would introduce myself and say i'm the new pastor of this church what are some of the the ways that that uh, we could serve this community and usually had to do with uh, our children need a safe place to learn and be taken care of um so it's it's that's the type of community that we are trying to reach out to. Have you gotten better at Spanish in this process as you've been talking to the community, working in the church, are you preaching in Spanish now? Uh, much better. Um, I did my first sermon in Spanish about a month and a half ago. It was, it was brutal I had to literally write out the sermon, you know, like Jonathan Edwards, he, he reads out the sermon. Uh, it was that style, but God did use that. And several people actually accepted the Lord after that sermon, so it was very encouraging.
0: Praise God. That's amazing. So up till now, you've been preaching
2: in English. Yes, still do primarily. So one of the things that the church asked me to do was, um, because most of the members are older, and they said, no, we do need to reach the younger generation. And although they're Hispanic, uh, they prefer services in English. So from the very beginning, they asked me to do services in English. And And so that's been another context.
1: What are some of the the challenges that you faced as you've begun the replant work there? Definitely the fact
2: that everything seems so new. I mean, as you probably know, replanting itself, you're kind of venturing out into the unknown. Uh, But even just cross-culturally, I think just about 25 years ago, it was almost unheard of for uh, Asian American pastor to pastor a non-Asian context. Um, Now we see more of that. But from, from going, to a, going from an Asian context to a Hispanic context, I just can't find any other, <laughs> other pioneers in this area, in this particular area. It's not surprising to God. Um, and it's, it's common yeah. in the Bible, uh, that pattern of going cross-cultural. But it is something, it is a big challenge as we are learning undergo.
1: Yeah, one of the challenges for ethnic or language churches is they, they tend to have been out of one culture, and as, as they age, as that culture changes around them, they, they have to be multicultural. So are, are you seeing your church take some steps in a multicultural direction?
2: Yes, we definitely are. Um, I think as of a couple of weeks ago, the, the non-Hispanic members who are just from a very diverse background are starting to outnumber uh, the hispanic uh, members of of the church Uh, so we do have people from all over the place um we have a family from nigeria we have uh, people from japan korea um even even in the hispanic context there are people you know it's mostly mexican american but there are people from guatemala um, el salvador so it's becoming very multicultural
0: Yeah, Hispanic-speaking churches in America are almost always intrinsically going to be multicultural. One of my best friends is a Spanish pastor, and he was talking about how a lot of times as Anglos, we look at that as a monocultural church, but he said, I'm pastoring people from 17 different countries. So yeah, they all speak the same language. Non-Anglo churches are much better, it seems, at kind of taking those steps towards multicultural. We have a lot we could learn as Anglos. What have been some of the most helpful things to you kind of along the way in this year and a half? Some, some of the main lessons you have learned in the process?
2: Yeah, definitely um, getting help from others. I don't know if asking for help is like a special gift, uh, but it's been one of the main tools of, of just leading this ministry. Um, just asking help from our church members, from the neighborhood, from our association, from our uh, state convention. And God's been really using uh, the the bigger body of Christ. And that's really been a conviction of mine from the very beginning that in order for this church to be replanted or revived, we cannot do this on our own. I really believe that God's going to bring people from outside churches, uh, different associations and networks uh, to, to revive this church. And that's really been the story. And that's the learning lesson. Um, it's more when we try to work together, but it is definitely stronger in terms of ministry strength and just being loving to the church members and respecting the legacy of the church. So that has been the primary lesson of um, serving together and asking for help. Are they providing uh, people and
1: resources or coaching? What are some of the things that you're, you're receiving
2: from those who are giving you assistance? So first of all, prayer has been very important. When I first went to the church, I received a check of, it wasn't a big amount, but it was in our mail. And it said it's from an anonymous group of um, prayer group. It's a Hispanic prayer group. They didn't want to reveal who they are, uh, but they said, we're praying for you and your God is in this. And just having that has been such a big encouragement. Apart from that, we are receiving a lot of practical help. Um, we did our first VBS uh, last summer, and, and churches from different backgrounds, Korean churches sent some of their youth workers to help us run our VBS. Uh, we had teams from Anglo churches, African-American church, churches come and help us with, with our renovations. And so, yeah, definitely practical help, support through prayer. Uh, Sometimes financial help has been huge.
0: Yeah. One of the things you said is you don't know if asking for help is a special gift. I I would say it's just wisdom, understanding and humility that we we cannot do it, nor were we ever designed to do this alone. The more I study scripture, the more I do ministry, the more I realize how much we were not meant to do this alone. Every time we go solo, we're kind of we're, we are at that point doing it wrong. You know, if you look at even the, it struck me last year, even the Lord's Prayer uses all plural pronouns, mm. uh, indicating that it's all to be community. Everything we do is truly better together as, as we come together and we help each other and, and work with others. And have there been any churches in particular that have that have really, or this is a replant from within? Uh, or there, do you have like a, a, a partner church that's walking alongside this with you or just kind of some loose partners?
2: Yeah, so I just went through my NAM assessment uh, last week. And so we do have a sending church. Um, so it's kind of like an adoption case uh, where they have adopted us. The pastor, his name is Lan Almeida. He's from Brazil and he's a pastor of uh, the church of the First Baptist Church of Norwalk, uh, which in itself has been a Hispanic church now going multicultural, And he has taken on that role as a sending church pastor. Um, He's older than me, has a lot of experience, a multicultural context experience. So he's been helping us a lot in that regard.
0: As you've gone through the assessment, so you went through a church planter assessment, Mm -hmm. but you've also kind of worked through our replanter assessment materials that we've been slowly kind of putting out there. Uh, What have been some of the things that have stood out to you in... Uh, a supplement or contrast between those two different paths
2: yeah so the replant or okay let me start with the assessment itself the assessment itself has been such a blessing for me i mean it's a challenge because it's two days of intense interviews and you're you're speaking in front of people you're casting your vision it's, it was intense but it has been such a blessing to have uh fellow church planters come along and assessors that would assess you and just affirm you in your calling and tell you the places that you need to grow in. With a replanter assessment online, that has been a tremendous resource because like when I first got into this role, I didn't even know about the replanter resources. But then, I think it was you and your team that reached out to me and provided me with all those resources and training materials. Particularly, I think the, there are a couple lessons that's been very vital. I think one is visionary visionary shepherding. Uh, where you're go- you're taking the church from one point to another, but you're doing it in a way that's also shepherding the members of the church. So in a sense, it's a little bit slower compared to a regular church plan. Uh, but I definitely see the value in seeing each person with through the eyes of Christ and and respect respecting that person, shepherding that person. Um, in that regard, also respect for church's legacy has been a huge lesson that I've been provided by the replant resources. Our church has a long legacy, has always been a Hispanic church. But now, um, with that respect, we're going to our next chapter, which I think God is going to make us more of a multicultural church.
1: Man, if you were going to advise a, a potential replanter as they're considering God's call, what are some things that you would share with them by way of of discerning their call or wisdom as they're they're praying about getting into a replant situation
2: yeah i think from the very beginning the the lesson that god has been teaching me is uh, go slower but go together uh, with a bigger body of christ and just really receive a lot of advice and and have a lot of counsel it's not something that we need to do alone Um, but even before we god takes us into any type of replant places replant situations he has already been thinking about that church long before we have been. And he has people in place that could help us. Um, uh, there are a couple of verses that I've been meditating on. Um, Proverbs 11, 14 says, where there is no guidance of people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And I think that's been very true um, in our context because I'm very new at this. I'm still learning, uh, but yet God has been providing with those Uh, guidance and and counselors in my life.
0: That's excellent. That's really good advice. I love that. The humility in which you're approaching this. I think the biggest lesson uh anybody could take from this is don't be afraid to ask for help. You you need that, like you were talking about in Proverbs, you need you need that abundance of counsel. You need that abundance of wisdom. You need the strength of the whole body of Christ together, understanding Mm -hmm. that you're not isolated within that church building. You are a part of the body of Christ. And I think the more and more we realize that the stronger the church itself, and I mean, capital C church is going to be, it's one of the things I love about uh, both the planting and the replanting movements happening right now is that they're both movements really emphasize this idea of nobody going about it alone. And really, we all need to understand, not just plants and replants, we all need to understand that we... We are not to go about this alone, and there's a strength in kind of going arm in arm with other local bodies of Christ to to reach each other. All right. So, last question: if if you if you said and you kind of shared a lot about that, but if you were talking to somebody specifically going into, I mean, you said you had a hard time finding that guy that's going from Korean churches to uh, Hispanic church, leading it to be a multicultural church. So maybe. Maybe you're that guy for somebody else, and they're listening to that podcast, and they're, we don't know who they are. Uh, if you are listening to this, man, let us know. We'd love to connect you with men and make that connection, but uh, so maybe that guy is out there, and he's listening, and he's going, look, I feel very alone on an island out here as a Korean, going into a Hispanic church, trying to lead it to become multicultural. What would be, if you sat down from across the table from him, what would be the piece of advice you would share with that guy?
2: I think we can look back into Christian history and see that this is not something new. Um, Maybe particularly, but as far as God, having people go from one context to another, cross-culturally to share the gospel. He has always used people in that way. And so definitely ask for help, but also be bold. We need to be bold in, in, in going out of our comfort zones. And that's been a lesson for me. I was just starting with that that prayer to see people with the eyes of Christ and just seeing how precious um, each people group or even individuals are through the eyes of Christ and praying for them. And. With a heart of Christ, we could go out and we could go out and share the gospel simply. And I don't think there is any like magic trick to this. You go out and share the gospel faithfully, pastoral church, and you attempt great things for the Lord humbly before God. And I believe that God will use us, uh, and it's a part of the gospel. Excellent, great word. Thank
1: you, men, for leading the way. And uh, we're so excited about what's happening there in LA City Baptist Church. And look forward to hearing more stories about. Uh, just the, the work of God in bringing the gospel to that community and truly building a multicultural church. So thank you brother for being bold and taking a risk uh, and jumping into the replant world. We're grateful for you.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for listening to
2: this episode of
0: the replant bootcamp podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing,